If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. With Dr. Brian Tyson, colleague, and I guess uh, technically a, a misinformation brother of Dr. Farid, who's been on here several times before, these two... These two demons are doing the terrible work of, of saving lives with early treatment protocols that Fauci and co. have, have deemed to be uh, not science and the work of the devil. But with that, Dr. Tyson, please introduce yourself to my audience. Hey, how you doing, Tommy? Dr. Brian Tyson with All Valley Urgent Care out here in the Imperial Valley, California. And um, <clears throat> so the, the, the purpose of, is I've, I wanted to have you on before to talk, but Dr. Freed texted me last week and or the week uh, prior and said that you are running for Congress. And I actually just saw an article posted 45 minutes ago. And the first thing you're talking about is, is law enforcement and the need for more resources, more funding, more support, which anyone with a sober mind looking at California would say, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, for the first time in 200 years, there are train robberies. But could you go into <laughs> what led you aside from just the entire dissolution of, uh, national sanity that we've seen in the last two years with COVID and obviously your expertise treating patients and where my manners, you and Dr. Freed's book uh, um, will be in the description as always. Could you say, talk about what made you want to get into this? Was it just COVID or is it just the general kind of dissolution of California? Well, I mean, it started with the, the, the COVID, you know, pandemic and, the censorship and the inability to actually take care of patients, um, you know, that led to some fighting and some questioning. And when we started questioning, we started getting more censored. When we started asking quite more questions, we got more censored. And then we started getting labeled. Then we started, you know, people started saying we're putting out misinformation or disinformation or, but the experts say, and, and we could never have a conversation with their so-called experts. You know, our experts are true experts. I am a true outpatient early treatment COVID-19 expert. And, you know, the CDC won't have conversations with us. The NIH won't have conversations with us. The, the government won't have conversation with us. The public health department won't even have a conversation with us. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, was, it was kind of frustrating because here we are we need resources. We need, we needed tests. We needed uh, manpower. We needed PPE. We needed a whole bunch of things when COVID first came around. And the answer I got was nothing crickets. I couldn't even get a rip, a, a, an email back from uh, Vargas or Queso, um, who are the, you know, congressional and state uh, representatives in our district, not even an email back. You know, I got a call from public health telling me to stop doing what I was doing because there was no way to confirm my tests. Well, I told them, give me an alternative. Give me the confirmation test. We'll use them. Well, we don't have them. You need to send them to the ER. Well, the ER only had 10 tests a week. They were only testing ICU patients at that time. So the, the, the nonsense going on in the government where people thought um, that 
they could um, basically tell frontline providers what to do and how to do it um, had never treated patients before. You know, you don't, you don't go to the NIH or, or the CDC or the FDA to say, okay, I've got a cold. How am I supposed to treat it? We've never done that before. So everything that we were talking about, the expert groups that we were involved with, the scientists and the research people, we all got together and we're all asking the same questions. It's like, where did all of this government overreach come from? Where did all of this control come from? And why can't we even have conversations about it? You know, and then that led to, you know, the mandates and the mandates were supposed to be a two week slow to spread. And that two weeks slow to spread has turned into two plus years now. Uh, the indefinite emergency uh, authorization of the governors and the state and the federal government to decide that now we can be a dictatorship versus a democracy, you know, instead of being government for the people. Uh, by the people, it becomes a government over the people, uh, and it just it just progressed into and morphed into this uh, dictatorship that nobody wants to be a part of anymore. Yeah. So instead of yelling at the TV and 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 and, and cussing and swearing in, in downstairs of my house, my wife said, "Why don't you do something about it? Stop yelling at the TV. They can't hear you." Um, so I said, "Fine." I'm going to run for Congress. She said, no, you're not. I said, no, I am. I'm going to do it. And the more I said it, the more people got behind me. You know, we went to school board meetings and it started with, you know, five people saying, yeah. And it ended up at the board of supervisors where there were 1500 people saying, yeah, you make sense. You know what I mean? Common sense is common, hopefully, you know, but it doesn't appear to be in, in government right now, but you know. Shout out, Miss Tyson! Hell yeah, dude. Right? Hell yeah, man! You got, you gotta no, but it's but it's absolutely right. We can we can bitch and complain about how things should be, which I feel like it's been forever. Um, but even me, you know, I look at it and I'm like, you know, people should do this. You know, Joe Rogan should do that, and I'm like, well, my podcast is too small. I can't make a difference until finally, someone said to me like 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 a month ago like two months ago and they're like what are you actually doing though like you're sure i'm interviewing these doctors but you know those are my own also self-serving interests right i'm growing my podcast like there's an obvious conflict of interest there but what am i actually doing and so i first thought i was like well there are these guys for instance like joe kent joe kent's former green beret running for congress out of washington state i was like here's this guy that's against the mandates but he gets challenged a lot because he's not a physician and you know how is he going to back it up and people can attack him because he's special forces not a physician so finally i was like well i've had joe kent on and i've had dr malone on so what if i help out joe kent and have him do an interview with dr malone so when people attack him he can say i don't know but here's my conversation with you know dr robert malone and that worked out well and he was like thanks man so then i was like well what else could i do so i started getting trying to get other people running for for congress Mike Collins, a second-generation trucker out of Georgia. Mike Durant, uh, the Black Hawk Down pilot, running for Senate out of uh, Alabama. Uh, Andrew McCarthy out of New York. Uh, Steve Cara out of Michigan. Now Dr. Brian Tyson running out of California, and hopefully someone else tomorrow. But the point is, is it's everything you're saying is, at a certain point, you have to stop. Ah, oh, these fucking politicians, everything sucks. And then you, you know, go take a shower. And it's like, 
what are you doing? What are you actually doing? You know, what are we, what are we going to do? You know, we can sit around and and bitch and complain and we can complain and complain and complain, you know, or we could do something about it. And I'm, I'm down. Let's, let's do something about it. Let's, let's make a difference. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So because of that, and uh, like this pot, although this is episode 716, and I'd like to think I've figured it out a little more and that I know a little more of what I'm doing, but the reality is, is every day I stumble into this thing and don't know how it works, and I'll continue to do that. This is very much so kind of like the early episodes, though, where I look back and I cringe because, in a way, it is new, and that I'm interviewing a bunch of people running for Congress now. I really don't know what to ask or how to go about it. And I would hope in a year I look back in this and go, oh, God, that was so bad. That being said, this is an unavoidable process. So you're going to have to buckle up because I don't know what I'm doing either. So with that, what are like the first step? And this is how I always kind of draw it back is like when people are, you know, I have on someone running for Senate or whatever. There's always, you know, the moment of like we've all got the rhetoric you know, it's like, we need a stronger communities and you know, we got to put trust back in a, and everyone's like, yeah. And it's like, what does it actually look like? And it's like, I don't know, red, white, and blue. And it's like, okay, good, good. Sure. So what specifically, and I hope none of this comes across as an attack because clearly I'm, I want to help you having you on. And this is what I've asked to the, uh, the other gentleman I've had on here. What, what all like, would would you do? And that's again, it's not me grilling you so much as me trying to figure out this whole questioning process for people yeah, running so for office. One, yeah, number one, yeah. So number one, being a physician and being part of this whole COVID fight, the first thing that I would do is get the 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 new flip seats in Congress, get the Republican majority in the House, and get the Republican majority in the Senate. And the first thing we're going to go after is firing Anthony Fauci. That's number one, first and foremost. Oh, yeah. Rand Paul has already vowed for that. So has Kevin McCarthy. So we get control of both of those houses. Down goes Fauci, right? So take the take the the head of the snake away, right? And then we're going to get rid of uh, Rochelle um, Walensky. Weisman, yeah, Walensky from the CDC. We're going to revamp the FDA advisory board and panels because those guys have have shown to be completely incompetent. Okay, and we're going to start a top down approach of revamping the federal agencies that are supposed to be protecting Americans. Okay, and if you've shown that you are not using your uh, clinical judgment or if you've shown that you've been out of the system too long, okay, then you're going to be replaced. And we're going to replace those agency uh, directors with people who have the experience and knowledge that can make better informed decisions to protect the American public. That's number one, first and foremost. Okay. We're going to repeal Trump's COVID mandate of emergency uh, order declaration. Okay. So that way the federal government has no longer this dictatorship of we can just continue everything by executive order because there's a state of emergency that needs to go away. Okay, so those are two legitimate things we can accomplish um, in the mandate COVID-19 world, because if we don't, what's to stop the next virus from coming around to being an emergency? What's the next thing that's going to come by is going to be now they're going to use the the climate global climate crisis. And now that's the state of emergency. So we're going to continue these executive powers and dictatorships. No, 
not having it. We're going to we're going to take it from the top down and and get rid of the directors, get rid of the people who've been there way too long. You know, um, the the excuse of, well, we have to give it to kids and find to find out what the adverse reactions are. That's ridiculous from anybody from the FDA. There's no way in hell that guy should have a job right now. Yeah. No way. And there's definitely no way he should be on any advisory board. OK, I've got kids. You don't get to tell my kids, well, just take the shot and see what happens. You know, no, that, that's it's it's irresponsible. So that part of irresponsibility needs to go away. The second thing is coming back to the district that I'm in. If you look at the redistricting and what they did in the gerrymandering, they're actually going after the California Colorado River water. OK, so they're t- they took and redistributed the, 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 the district all the way up from Mojave, where the, where the Colorado River jumps in from Lake Mead and goes all the way down to Winter Haven, Yuma, okay? And across the Imperial Valley, up the Coachella Valley, okay? Which is all agriculture. So they're after the water rights that we have because we own majority of it in the Imperial County. They're after the water rights of, of, of our citizens and our farmers. And, 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 I, and I know that because there's, there's been lots of talk about how they can't supply water to Northern California, the L.A. Basin, the San Joaquin Valley, you know, San Diego, L.A., and they want to use the Colorado River in order to supplement that. Well, you know, there's been a lot of Supreme Court cases. There's been a lot of fighting but if we don't maintain control of that Colorado River, our areas are, are done from an agriculture standpoint. Um, Devin Nunez used to be the agriculture king. You know, he fought and fought and fought, but now he's not running again. So, you know, they, they've tasked me with taking up that uh, uh, part in, in, for California in the, in the agriculture industry because we're a huge component of that out here. Um, so that's number two. Number three is we're going to refund the police. That's absolutely okay. My best friend is a Broadway police officer. Um, I lost his uh, twin brother, who was my best friend, to a horrible, heinous, uh, you know, crime on a guy who's been convicted multiple times uh, for previous offenses. Why he's out and about to still steal and shoot people, it, it makes absolutely no sense. So we, we, need, we need to fix that problem as well. Um, we need new district attorneys. So we're going to help, you know, newer district attorneys uh, campaign against the Soros district attorneys who are, are soft on crime. Um, so we're going to we're going to fix that problem as well. And then because we're a border city, I know the Border Patrol issues better than anyone. You know, I've got a lot of friends who are Border Patrol agents um, and we're going to fix the morale. We're going to fix what they do. We're going to allow them to do their jobs. But at the same time. We're going to help those who do cross back and forth on a day-to-day with work visas or, or taking their kids to school or those who just live in Mexicali, for that, for that matter, get across the border easier and freer to free up the trade that we used to have between Calexico, El Centro, and Mexicali, right? So let's bring back some of the retail. Let's bring back some of the jobs. Let's make it easier for people to go back and forth. You know, we love me and my wife used to like to go to dinner down there, but now it's a three hour, you know, cross back. Why? Why? When you have open borders on the other side and you're not worried about it, then why are you worried about the legal residents coming back and forth? Yeah. You know, 
So there's a lot of issues um, specifically we can fix. Um, and, and I've got the, the know-how, the knowledge, and the backing to be able to make those things happen. So that's, by the way, that's the best answer I've gotten from anyone I've, I've interviewed saying that they're going to run is you, you, you took that by the balls. I don't have to pull it out of you. So props for that. Um, I guess it's a low bar, but for, <laughs> for, for back to, back to Fauci, um, cause I think that's probably, you know, I don't live in California. So for, I guess the listeners that are you know not in California and want to see what will affect them for Fauci at the NIAID, I get that Walensky CDC, um, what about, I mean, something has to be done about the early treatment protocols and not just put it into use. And although I'm a big proponent of like looking forward and, you know, don't worry about the other, you know, winners focus on winning, losers focus on the winners. Like I get the whole put your eye on the goal. Don't worry about left and right. But I also can't help but feel that something has to be done about the widespread even if it ends tomorrow, something needs to be done about the widespread censorship and suppression of alternative treatments. I mean, if there's 700, what, 800,000 plus dead, and it'd be one thing if no one knew and you guys developed the early treatment protocol, and we all went, oh, thank God we found this new thing. There was a coordinated suppression of generic, well-studied, used, and accepted treatments for pennies that was suppressed. It's one thing to force the vaccines and cause myocarditis and the 23,000 dead on VAERS. That's one thing. I'm not making light of that. It's a whole other demon to suppress known treatments. It's one thing to push a new fire extinguisher on the fire department and it has some side effects. That's one thing. You got to investigate that. It's another thing when they blocked off the fire hydrants next to a burning building. And to me... That's something that I don't think can just go – that's not a rock that can go unturned. And I know that's that's putting a, a, a big cross on your shoulders. I'm saying, hey, how, how will you fix the world, Dr. Brian Tyson? How will you how will you uh, do Nuremberg 2.0? Well, that's just it. You, you do it. Yeah. You get a special counsel and you go after it. Hell yeah. Um, because that's the only way. And, and I'm sorry, but he perjured himself when he talked to Rand Paul in the Senate and said there was no gain of function. Yeah. He perjured himself. Yeah. That right there is the key to open the door. That's, yeah. that's, that's the lockbox that needs to be opened. And a special counsel can then open that lockbox and then look at everything that this guy did. Okay. Every and everyone involved, right? You need the key to Pandora's box. That's the key. That's the key. Open it up and then let the investigations continue. But we need somebody willing to actually do the investigation. We can't do it with the Democrats in control, clearly. They can investigate the hell out of everyone, which they're doing, even with their own special investigations and kicking out Republicans and their special committees and all those things. Well, when the tides turn, the tides turn. You know, I'd love to be on that special counsel committee. I'd love to be on the Health and and Human Services Committee. And let's look at this stuff. You know, I mean, I know Dr. Malone. I know Peter McCullough. I know Pierre Corey. I know Senator Ron Johnson. Let's let's have those discussions and let's have those investigations. And and if the truth comes out, 
and people are innocent, then great. Sure. But if the truth comes out and people are guilty, well, then you got you to pay for your crime. And that's the way it should be. You know, they want me to pay for my crimes. They need to pay for theirs. You know, we don't get we don't get a free pass of walking around. I mean, we're getting we're getting hammered left and right. You're doing this wrong, or you're doing that wrong, or you're spreading this, or you're spreading that. But they don't tell you where the the misinformation is. Of course. Of course. You know, I mean, it's just well, doctor. We hear you're saying things about this. Okay, well, what what was wrong with what I said? Well, the experts say. Well, what experts? Who are the experts and what did they say and when did they say it? And where's the research to prove it? Just because Anthony Fauci says something does not make it scientific fact. But if you attack right? Anthony Fauci, you're attacking science itself. Yeah, I don't think so because Anthony Fauci hasn't taken care of a patient since his internship year. <laughs> yeah. But okay. So, yeah. So he does not get to tell me how to take care of my patients who show up in my parking lot. Willfully, by the way, and voluntarily. So if somebody doesn't agree with my treatment, fine, don't come to my office. But if somebody wants to come to my office for treatment, that shouldn't be blocked by somebody who doesn't agree with the treatment. We don't do that for cancer treatment. We don't do that for blood pressure treatment. We don't do that for insulin treatment. We don't do that for any other disease. Oh, well, I don't like that medication, therefore you can't use it, says no one, right? Says no one. But all of a sudden, if I want to give a drug that we use for rheumatoid arthritis and lupus, all of a sudden it's going to kill you if you have COVID. It's not going to kill you if you have an autoimmune disorder and you have rheumatoid arthritis or you have malaria, right? It's going to help you if you have those diseases. And it's completely safe and effective, and you can give it to young kids, infants, breastfeeding moms and pregnant moms, and it's 100% safe in that scenario. But if I change the ICD-9 code, you're going to die, Uh, says no one, right? So don't tell me I can't use an FDA-approved drug to treat whatever the hell I want off-label. We do it all the time, and it's 100% legal. And to mislabel that, that's misinformation. That's the disinformation. To, 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 To tell the American public right now, we have FDA-approved vaccines available for them, is a flat-out lie. Yeah. Comirnaty is not available. Spikevax is not available. Only their emergency use authorized equivalents, okay, but are legally distinct and different, okay, according to the FDA letter, right? Those are the ones available. They say, oh, well, uh, remdesivir and Paxlovid and monopiravir, those are all FDA approved. No, they're not FDA approved. They're emergency use authorized. They have not been fully evaluated by the FDA. They have tons of side effects and remdesivir is causing renal failure. But if I want to use an FDA approved drug, well, I can't because you're going to die. Unless you're treating you know, African river blindness. Because if you're treating African river blindness, by all means, it's it's the greatest thing in the world. It's on the top 10 drugs from the WHO, and it won a Nobel Peace Prize in 2015, right? That drug is great. But if you got COVID, it's a horse medication, and you're going to kill somebody. I was about to say, you, you took my, damn it, you, you took my thunder. I was going to say, river blindness, oh, take this, it's wonderful, Nobel Peace Prize. Oh, you've got COVID, hey, you're going to, you 
hey, you can't vote. You're under 18. Your brain's not fully developed. Hey, you can't you can't rent the car. You're not 25. You're, you're not a full adult yet. Oh, you think right. you're a girl? Yeah, lob it off. I don't care if you're nine. It's like... Because you're five years old and you should be able to be whatever sex you want at age five, right? But it's the same <laughs> logic. If you're going to say that the, the functioning, the analytical uh, reasoning part of the brain isn't developed because you're talking about voting or owning a gun or, or whatever, then you have to stick with that. And it doesn't matter what it is, whether it's going to enlist and go off to war or whether it's to change your sex. And that's, that's kind of the same logic they're using. It, again, you got river blindness. Hey, take this thing. It's, you know, it's a gift from God. You got a cough. This is a suicide pill. Right. Exactly. And not, and not only that, but, but you had the FDA that said, you know, and put out a, 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 a tweet, you're not a horse, right? Yeah. But at the time, under the under the treatment guidelines for COVID-19, ivermectin is still listed as investigational. And it says still today, we do not approve or disprove of its use that more research is needed. That's the official position of the FDA. So it's still listed as even a possible treatment, but yet if I want to prescribe it, I have pharmacists say, well, I'm not comfortable giving it. I said, okay, well, are you comfortable giving it if they have African river blindness? Well, yeah, because it's indicated for that. I said, then what's the problem? You think it's going to kill somebody just because they have COVID? Like since when is COVID, you know, lethal if you take any medication? I can't give them aspirin. I can't give them steroids. I can't give them hydroxy. I can't give them ivermectin. can't give them... Uh, budesonide. I can't give them fluvoxamine. I can't give them singular. I can't give them zinc. I can't even give them vitamin D. Right? Because if I do, they're going to die. Right? It's like the pills are, are going to explode, right? And their brain's going to blow off because they have COVID. <laughs> like, no, that's like the most nonsensical bullcrap story I've ever seen, right? And heard of. But yet, at the same breath, they're willing to give out all of these drugs that have no safety profile. Yeah. Including the vaccines. Yeah. Right. They're so-called vaccines. I asked the, the pharmacist today, I said, where's the, safe, the safety data on uh, the six-month study? Well, I don't know. Well, how about the 12-month study? Well, I don't know. Well, that's because there is none. But you're okay giving that out with no known safety data. But yet you know that hydroxychloroquine has been around for 65 years. No black box warning. You know exactly what the adverse effects are. But you're not willing to give that medication, but you're completely comfortable giving a, a, a experimental mRNA vaccine to a five-year-old. Yeah. 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 Bravo for you. I'm like, dude, you need, to, you need to go back to school. Yeah. Okay? And you really need to evaluate your ethics on this. Because you're telling me one thing you're not comfortable with, but in the same breath, you're telling me you're completely fine giving a five-year-old an experiment. Yeah, it's, it's, but to me, that's again, we're like, you know, we're, you know, we're, we're talking about it, we're making jokes about it, but at the same time, like, I don't think a lot of people, I mean, really are, kind. maybe they are, maybe, maybe I'm, maybe I'm too stupid, but I mean, I believe it was 415 or 425, uh, 425,000, uh, U.S. servicemen deaths in World War II, not casualties, deaths, right? We're talking almost double that. And obviously some that got COVID were going to just die regardless. You just, regardless of early treatment, whatever. Comorbidities, 
genetic factors, age, whatever. You were just going to die. I mean, if we're if you and Dr. Fareed are having like what, like a 99% of efficacy rate with this across all ages, sexes, races. I mean, this is truly like this isn't you need a Pfizer needs to be fined. Like at the risk yeah. of, of pearl clutching and using hyperbole. I mean, there truly needs to be crimes against, yeah, crimes against you, like global, like trial. And not just here in the States. This is worldwide. That's what I mean. A worldwide, like this. And so worldwide, what we're looking at 6 million. Yeah. I mean, we're looking at 99% of a Holocaust. Absolutely. It's just, instead of the black and white photos of emaciated bodies on train cars, it happened over two years. It happened as uh, we're all in this together it happened as just you know oh we can't we can't visit grandma we can look at her through the glass the optics are different right it's not the it's not the fear and explosions and and evilness of 911 but that happened over the course of 102 minutes this is 200 times that death count but it was spread out you didn't all see it it's not everybody wasn't on the news but i mean if we're looking at loss of life and we're looking at complicity in that loss of life not just, I started the, I start in this podcast, I first started going into all this with like the various data. I was like, this is insane. This is seven times the number of people that died in 9-11. That was the 800 pound elephant in the room or gorilla or whatever the fuck the saying is. And then I started to realize that there was like a 900,000 ton dragon in the room. And it was the suppression of early treatment. Forget the VARES. That's small fry. This yeah. is, I mean, but truly this isn't, this isn't Pfizer needs to be slapped on the wrist for what they did with Oxycontin and, Subox- and Suboxone. This is- you know, I testified for the Australian Supreme Court oh, really? on early treatment with um, with the Representative Kelly from Australia. And they wouldn't still even listen to what I had to say. Sworn testimony to the Supreme Court, punitive by by international law if i'm lying and they still don't listen so then you have to ask yourself is this really about health or is this something else because if it was truly about health you would think everybody would be on board listening to those of us on the front lines you know if you're in the war that you're talking about right and i heard a great thing the other day said you know emergency last days wars last years Right. So if we're in this war and we're on the front lines of this war. Are you not going to want the intel from the front lines to see what the enemy's doing? Right. Or are you going to sit back from, you know, Washington, D.C. or California or Australia or New Zealand or wherever you want to sit back and try to figure things out from the top down? Right. You're never going to be successful in war. If you don't see and and know what's going on in the front lines, the fact that nobody has bothered to pick up the phone or come down to my urgent care and look at our data is irresponsible. We've kept a spreadsheet since day one, which we looked at today, 9,574 patients on it. Name, date of birth, when they were sick, comorbidities, treatment prescribed, outcomes, 
severity of illness. I couldn't get that data published, so I had to publish it in our book. Wow, right? I had the state of California down here, and they took my data, and they did a prevalence study and published it. They wouldn't do a treatment study, but they did a prevalence study. What's the, because what's of the difference? All, it's, it, the difference is, is it was about more about who was positive and what age groups were positive, but they, they didn't follow up with treatment and survivability. But yet they had all the data. Why did California misstep on that? And when I asked them about it, they canceled my contract because we were a surveillance site for the state of California. And when I started asking the questions, well, you published I'm published with you. My name's on your study. Why are we not looking at the early treatment behind this? You have all the data. It's there. If you don't believe me, call the patients. Their phone numbers are listed on the spreadsheet. Right? It's all HIPAA protected, but it was, it was you know, we had a contract to look at it, and, and we were collecting data for the state of California. But they didn't want to do the treatment study. They didn't want to know if it worked or not. They didn't even want to know what the reinfection rate was because they have this thing out there that says, oh, if you've had COVID, you can only be exempt from the vaccine for 90 days. Well, where did that come from? 90 days? What do you mean 90 days? If you've had it before and you show antibodies, you don't need a vaccine. You got natural immunity, right? So when I asked them, well, what's the reinfection rate to say that we need to be vaccinated after 90 days of infection? Oh, well, we don't keep it. Well, then how do you know that people need to get vaccinated if they've already had COVID? Well, the studies show. What studies? If you don't even have the data. You see, that's their favorite line. Well, the studies show and the experts say. But when you ask them, well, what is the, what's the study and what's the expert? They say, well, read the transcript. I just told you. Read the transcript. You just told me, but you didn't tell me anything. Well, yeah, I just told you. Expert said. Well, what expert? Well, I just told you. You see what I'm saying? They play circles, but they're not telling you anything. And they're not proving anything. You know, they come out with their observational self-reported studies, and that's supposed to be the, the gold standard for them. But when we say something, they are like, well, where's the randomized control trial? Well, we only have 32 of them, so which one do you want to look at, right? Oh, yeah, but they're not published in the NIH. Okay, but we still have 32 randomized controlled trials. We saw over 200 studies on hydroxychloroquine and almost 300 studies on ivermectin. So which ones of these studies are not valid? You see what I'm saying? But see, they refuse to even look and even have the conversation. When Steve Kirsch put up a million dollars to debate anyone on national television, right? Your, your team versus our team. Let's, let's, in a national public forum, nobody took them up on it. Why? Because they know damn well we'll clean their clocks. Because they know what they're doing is wrong. They know there's an agenda behind it. You know? But, hey, that's why I'm here. We're going to stop that nonsense. Had Steve Kirsch on here, and yeah, he said the same thing. And that's, but even with that, right, we can kind of 
we can have these like little wins where like that's why they won't have you on because they can't identify the misinformation like why won't Fauci just go on Rogan and it's because he knows he can't defend it Lex Friedman was said that he invited Fauci and Fauci said yes and Fauci said he'd do 15 minutes and Lex said he does exclusively only three hours and Fauci then rescinded it we can have these little like sort of gotcha where we're like haha fuck that guy see but that still doesn't solve and I'm guilty of that you know even making jokes earlier about like river blindness I can do that but it's it's kind of these little wins these little ah I gotcha Again, it comes back to like, where does the rubber meet the road? Like, what can we actually, what can we, act, and that to me, that kind of comes back to like the lockbox and that's what starts it, a special counsel. You know, we can all wring our hands and go, see, I told you Hitler's evil, appeasement doesn't work, he invaded Poland. No, what actually matters is when the U.S. turns on the War Production Act and starts fucking up Nazis and Imperial Japanese and then nuke two cities. That's what actually right. happens in full Disclosure to the FBI, I'm not calling for that. But what I am saying is, where does the rubber meet the road? Where does it go from Joe Rogan memes and us saying, we got him, to, I mean, what happens? Where's the investigation? When do these guys go to jail? Where's the, and again, I know I'm asking you with your crystal ball to answer the world's problems, but that's what I'm more into. Where's the meat on the bones? Where does this go? Right. And so part of it is the global COVID alliance. So the, the, the summits that we're having around the United States, that's helping because it's getting more physicians on board to early treatment, okay? And we are making a difference with that. You know, it used to be a handful of us. Now there's, uh, you know, almost 20,000 of us, mm-hmm. okay? And the more we push and the more we, we, we present and the more vocal we become, the louder the voice gets, Right. Look at what Canada just did with the truckers. Yeah. Right. Uh, that that was a world movement. And now the American truckers are following suit. OK, so these are the little wins that we're going to make. These are the things that are going to uh, make a difference. Um, and we're going to continue to push and we're going to continue to make strides and efforts to hold people accountable. And, and we're getting there. We're getting there because when this first broke and I did my KUSI story, it was 1,700 patients and the whole world didn't know who I was. Now I'm national, international. You, 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 you see what's going on with Malone. You see what's going on with McCullough. And despite the attacks, we're winning. We used to not be able to win, but now we're winning. Because now, as the more they go after us, the more they prove to everyone that we were correct. Because you can't change science. Walensky says, well, the science has changed. No, your position has changed. The science has been very clear from the very beginning. Okay? The world is round. You've been saying it's been flat for a long time. Now, all of a sudden, you want to say, well, yeah, the world is round. And we were like, yeah, we've been telling you that for a long time, right? So as their position changes, it reinforces what we've been telling everybody for two years. Why? Because we've been saying it over and over that people have heard it before. They're like, hey, wait a minute. Those doctors were saying this two years ago. These doctors proved it came from a lab in 2020. These doctors said there is early treatment. And now you're saying in order 
for you know monopiravir and Paxlovid to work, you got to give it in the first three days. Well, that's what they've been saying with these other medications from the whole time. But you're saying, oh, well, they don't work in hospitalized patients. We've never claimed that. They might, they might help, but they work early, just like everything else in life. If you treat a condition before it gets problematic, you're going to have better outcomes, right? If, if you have cancer, we don't wait till you're in stage four cancer to treat it. If you have pneumonia, we don't wait till you need a ventilator to treat it. You know, if you got appendicitis, we don't wait for it to rupture for you to treat it, right? If we treat it early, you're going to have better outcomes. That's medicine. So why are you telling me there's no early treatment until now that you have this $700, $900 pill? Yeah. Yeah. Now, are, are they being so bold? And I know the answer is yes, but I mean... Are they being so bold with with throwing all medical ethics out the window? I mean, really kind of throwing HIPAA out the window too, just asking people if they've been vaccinated. The Nuremberg Code, the, I mean, your, your, the oath you take, the Hippocratic Oath. Are they being so bold? And is there anything we can do about it in terms of like the, the pharma companies because of their exemption from liability under Trump's warp speed? Is there anything that can be done or is it kind of set in stone that they are exempt? Is there anything that can vitiate that, uh, that liability? Well, yeah, there are, there are still things to be done. Number one is, you know, you can still file complaints with your pharmacy. Mm-hmm. You can still file complaints against the pharmacy board for not getting the medications that have been prescribed to you. You can still seek legal action because according to the FDA emergency use authorization, you must have the right to say no without repercussions. So the coercion as- aspect. Can you say that? Of, can, you, can you go? Can you say that part again? So under the FDA emergency use authorization, you must be able to say no without repercussions. What that means is there is to be no coercion or incentivization in order to get something emergency use authorized. They have broken federal laws on this when it comes to the vaccine mandates. So get your attorneys together, get the class action lawsuits rolling because they are in violation by forcing anyone to get an experiment. Now, why did they so boldly do it? They're cl- they clearly, I mean, the people in charge of these, I mean, though evil, they're not stupid. You know, a, a lot of people say they're, they're but, but But did, right, but here's the question, but did they do it? Or did they force employers to do it? Uh, or did they coerce employers to do it? Uh, because if you look at, there has been zero zero um, repercussions from the federal or state governments at this point. Simply, your employer says, if you don't get vaccinated, you get fired. Congress doesn't have vaccine mandates. The federal government doesn't have vaccine mandates. NIH, CDC, Pfizer, they don't have vaccine mandates. They got the yeah. hospitals, 
They got the employers. They got everybody else to say, if you're not vaccinated, you can't work here. Kind of like some Charles Manson shit. Get, right? the, get someone else but to that, do your That's job. the reality. So that's when I say, did they or did they not? You know what I mean? I don't, I don't, I haven't seen any kid, quote, get suspended from school not having a vaccine. I've then seen them being suspended for not wearing a mask, and we filed multiple lawsuits, and there's one here in Imperial uh, that's that's in, in the process right now. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm going to say file lawsuits on behalf that you were coerced and forced to get an experiment. That in itself is a violation of federal law. So where would the hammer come down on? Would it come down on the companies that carried out the rule as opposed Absolutely. to... I mean, that's where it starts. Yeah. That's where it starts. You know, is you, you got to go after the companies, go after the big corporations. They're the ones with money. They're the ones who are doing it. It's over the 100 employees. Yeah. Right? The Walmarts, it's the Costco's, it's everyone else who's going to try to enforce this stuff. But if they're firing people, Kaiser, right, the big health systems, fire, go, go after them and let it play out in court. Show me an FDA-approved vaccine, and then you, you have a leg to stand on. But that's not what they're giving. That's why the Navy SEALs have a case. Mm-hmm. That's what's going on in the military because they were trying to say, oh, well, it's Comirnaty and they were mis- mislabeling illegally the BioNTech vaccine as Comirnaty. They were, they were mislabeling it? Yeah, they were mislabeling it because that's what they were saying. Wait a minute. This isn't FDA approved. I want the FDA approved vaccine. Well, it's not available. Well, then I'm not taking it. You see? So so those are some legal stance, stances to take. Show me the FDA-approved vaccine and I'll take it. Till then, leave me alone. Or as I'd less eloquently say, fuck off. But, you know, yep. same, same conclusion. Um, yep. Because I got about 10 more minutes. Can we, can we do a 180? Can we get into the funding the police? Because that is a huge thing that I look at. And uh, it's the dissolution of society because power abhors a vacuum, nature abhors a vacuum, a new strong arm will come in. We saw it when we toppled Saddam. We see it when you get rid of the Taliban, you get ISIS, you get rid of the strong Soviet Union, you have the oligarchs rise. There is no such thing as no authority. There's merely which authority is more sanctioned for everyone. You know, you get rid of the police. Hey, the rich are going to be fine. They're going to hire a bunch of ex-Blackwater. And those guys are actually in shape. And those guys are a lot better at killing. You're still going to have power. If you get rid of mercenaries, you're going to have gangs. And you're going you're gonna to have cartels like Mexico. There will right. always be a power structure. That's just, it seems to be a natural law. Like gravity, right? It's not the science doesn't change. It's your stance on it changes. So we can either have back the blue. We can have our nice, you know, our Andy Griffiths cops. Or we can have black water. Either way, power will reign by those that can afford it against those who wish to violate it. What exactly are your, are your plans for refunding the police? How do you go about it? So the first thing is we, 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 we secure federal funding to make sure that their budgets are, are up to date. And instead of taking money away from the police department and giving it to, you know, social services or whatever, you fund social service separately. You fund, behavioral health separately and you leave the police department's budget alone and let them hire the people and give them the equipment that they need to, to take care of the communities that they serve. 
you know? So it's, it's the redistribution of funds that I think that's going on in a lot of these inner cities that, that is causing the problems. It's not necessarily the budget, but it's where that budget's going. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that that's one of the biggest things. I think the other thing is if we put more federal funding into behavioral health services in itself, that will diminish a lot of the crime that's going on because a lot of what we see is behavioral health disorders gone untreated and drug abuse that's that's being you know pushed on on every side of the democratic aisle um, to legalization to legaliz- legalizing them to shoot up in, in in health centers so that they can prevent overdoses and things like that. No, we need drug treatment centers. We need behavioral treatment centers. And we may, and, and I know this is going to get, you know, some people riled up, actually have, you know, in, inpatient behavioral health centers again. Yeah. Those who can comply with taking their medication and are continuing to be a nuisance to society, you know, sometimes the best thing is putting them away in a facility that can take care of them. I'm 100%. Uh, it is, that is the humane thing to do. There are people that cannot take care of themselves through no fault of their own. They were dealt right. a shitty hand. I lost a brother to suicide in 2014. I don't. I know I have a friend whose whose mother is a, a paranoid schizophrenic, and she took her life in a in a mental health facility years ago. There are people that cannot. They they can't. That's just that is our duty. That is our duty as humans to take care of and, them and and get them the care in the places that will give them their meds and give them their meals and take care of them and watch over them and give them a counselor or somebody to talk to in their favorite TV program or whatever it may be. But putting them out on the streets is not helping them. No. Letting them stay homeless and wandering around the neighborhoods is not helping them nor the community to which they're in. You know, you can't have a, a, a barbershop where you're trying to get, clientele that have to walk over people laying in feces on the sidewalk yeah it just it doesn't work yeah it doesn't work and and man i was in sacramento just two weeks ago and that's exactly what we were doing we're walking to a meeting and i've got to step over this guy who's basically shit himself laying in it on the sidewalk like seriously i've got to pick my wife up so that she doesn't step in it it's it's disgusting. So tell me that person is taking care of themselves. They're not. So let's get the guy the help he needs because clearly living on the streets is not helping him. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, one of the guys I've had on this podcast like 100 times. It's my buddy Dale Comstock, youngest ever member of Delta Force. And he's been uh, – he's just been raking in the money because uh, he's just getting contracts to go out to like San Francisco – uh, New Orleans, just to do private security for these big malls that the cops won't respond to. But that's, he, it's disgusting. But he, he sends me pictures. And it's Dale who, I mean, Delta Force assassin. I mean, this guy, you know, there's no sugarcoating with this guy. This guy is a master assassin. You see him, his heart's bleeding. He's going, these, he's goes, yeah. this is, he goes, this is not humane. These are people, yeah. send me, it's gross, but it sent me pictures. There are guys that are so high in fentanyl, there's shit coming out of their jeans. They have no idea where they are. And he's like, not only is this not okay for society, he's like, this isn't humane to these people. 
No, it's not. It's not. And and that's where, I mean, we need to bring back some humanity to, to, to the world right now. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's, it's, I, I've never seen this before in my life. And as a physician, I've seen a lot of bad things, you know, but this, this is getting, it's, it's way out of control right now. And we have to get a grasp on it. Yeah. We have to, we need people who are compassionate, we have people who are we need people who are willing to step up and, and make some changes and 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 be afraid not be afraid to be bold, not be afraid to say the, the wrong thing, you know what I mean? Um and 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 be willing to go out on that limb and do something about it. I've been doing that for two years. You know, I spoke up, I put my my business at risk, my license at risk, my 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 livelihood, my family, everything to tell people early treatment works. You know, and I'm willing to do that again if I'm elected to Congress. I'm willing to do it again. I'll step out of the lines. I'll step across lines. I'll step on on the ship. I'll step underneath the ship. I don't care. I'm there because the people of this community deserve it and they need it. Yeah. And I've, I've, uh, I've, I've kind of realized I'm going to start doing this with a uh, like my last questions of whoever I'm having on, whatever their background, whatever their state, because I feel like it's a great equalizing question. Then it kind of transcends everything else. What are you going to do about Congress being exempt from insider trading? There's no reason that Nancy Pelosi and Dan Crenshaw in any rational universe are outperforming Warren Buffett in terms of returns on their investments. What are you going to do about the insider trading being exempt from insider trading? Because I would really well, like to be a part of that if I can. Yeah. I mean, number one is, is the insider trading needs to go away. Number one. And number two, we need term limits. Yeah. So I'm, a, I'm a proponent of term limits. Um, insider trading is, is illegal for everyone else. It should be illegal for Congress. Yeah. You know, I think you um, get rid of it insider- as well. You know, I mean, you know, there's no reason why, Diane Feinstein should own all of the, the 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 land around our gold mine out here. Yeah. How is it? How is it? She she owns all the land around the gold mine out here. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's uh, I don't you don't think you even need term limits. Get rid of get rid of insider trading. Then there's no it, just get rid of incentives. Get rid of, for, get rid of the incentive to stay there. Yeah, I mean you you shouldn't be able to take money if you're in, if you're in office. Period. Do it for the right reasons, not not for the money. Yeah, and if no one gets rid of insider trading, uh, I'm going to run for Congress, and I'm going to go abuse insider trading until I'm the richest man in the world. So, I mean, listen, I, it, no, it, this shit's got to stop. It's That's the one, forget COVID, forget about Black Lives Matter, forget about abortion, forget about trans military, forget about bor- the fact that those 535 people get to look at the can you imagine if like one or two kids in organic chemistry in college got to look at the answer sheet? Like, hey. like hey, the smart kid's getting a 95. That dipshit over there keeps getting a 99. What's going on here? Well, he's got he's got insider access. Why? Why? Yeah, exactly. What? Huh? Oh, because he knows somebody. That's why. Yeah. Yeah. I'll make an exemption. How about if you receive the Medal of Honor, you're exempt from insider trading? There's, there's, there's your incentive. Honor, you're exempt from taxes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there, there you go. Add that in there. <laughs> no, what? The, the person yeah. that raised the most money to get into office now gets to make more money to stay into office? Yeah, no. 
Huh? Yeah, what? it makes no sense. Makes no sense. It's... All right. Dr. Brian Tyson, let's wrap this one up. I'd love to have you on again sometime, man. I will do everything I can to help you with my minuscule podcast. There's not a whole lot, but like your wife said, do something. So I'm doing something. I'm trying my hardest to do something. Uh, I'll text you when this episode is up. And um, well, go to my website, Dr. Brian Tyson, B-R-I-A-N-T-Y-S-O-N.com. That's text, my website. Text, text me everything you want in the description, just the links, and I'll put it in the description. Um, I'll put your social media in there as well. And um, yeah, man, shout out to your wife. Do, that applies to everyone. Do something. Do something. No matter what. If it's sharing a link, do it. If it's running for Congress, do it. Just do something. Full board, do it. You know what I mean? Do it. Go for a run. You don't even need to run for office. Just go for a run. (laughs) Do something. It doesn't even have to do with politics. Just do something. God. It's, yeah. yeah. Now I'm going to get all riled up. But uh, Dr. Brian Tyson, thank you so much, sir. God bless. God bless everything you're doing. Again, I'll text you this episode when it's up later. I'd love to have you on again. We'll do everything I can to help you. Everybody else out there, do the right thing. Stay safe. God bless. Thank you so much, Dr. Tyson. Take care, everybody. Recording God bless America. Peace.